0: You are listening to a podcast from Influence Church. We hope it encourages and empowers you to make a difference in your world for the kingdom of God. For any more information, visit our website, influencechurch.co.uk. Enjoy the message. How are we doing today? Everyone good? Good. Awesome, it's great to see you all. How's everyone doing with, for those who did it anyway, New Year's resolutions? Wow. (laughs) Day 14, who's on the 14 day, two weeks? Who's in? You know, I'm going to do this every single day, they're going to do it. Okay, awesome. Who gave up after the first day? Very good. There's honest people in the room, and the rest of you, I'm guessing, are lying. So, uh, and uh, but it's 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 great into this new year. You know, we had an incredible time on Thursday night, Alpha. Um, Please keep praying for that Um, just over the next uh, eleven weeks and a couple of months as we come together, journey together with some folks from church. And what's great is it's not just us, but we've got people coming from Sunderland, we've got people coming from Bishop Auckland, and it's just a great time together. So please be praying for that. But it's just, it's a great time to be. It's a great time to uh, be in church. Incredible things are happening. Um, but it, last night, it felt like it, 10 to, ten to 6, last night, I felt like I had just entered into a time machine. Gladiators is back on TV. And I don't know how I feel about that. You know, I was watching it. I felt like this is so right, but this is so wrong. First of all, it's on BBC. What's all that about? ITV, at least, you know, you got uh, advert breaks and stuff like that. What was missing was John You going, a that was missing, and stuff. It, 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 you had gladiators in this one. It was gladiators taken on, if you've never seen it, where have you been, uh, and stuff, it was gladiators, these big muscle-bound Male and females, scary, taking on like contenders through different events and and stuff. Back in my day, you know, there was Wolf, he was angry and he was mean and there was Saracen and there was Jet. There was lightning, there there was Rhino, there was Shadow. Now we get Legend and... Apollo and Fury. Now, when I was growing up, they were the characters. They were the ones. Now, there was a woman on it yesterday. She was called Fury, and she gave this big grimace of like, and then she did her event, came off, and she was talking to the presenter, and she was like, oh, yeah, I had a lovely time. It was brilliant. It was great. Your name's Fury. Stay in character. Uh, And that it was just crazy. But, so I was wanting to get Finley into this, my son. And I was like, you're going to watch this. This is going to be amazing. What happens is this and this. And he was invested partly because one of the male contenders was called Finley. And stuff. so it was brilliant. This little ginger guy... Solidarity uh, and stuff, uh, and he was called Finley as well, so we were rooting for him. And what we found is during the, I don't know if you watched it or not, but during one of the events, the gauntlet, where he's basically running head-on into five gladiators, all with massive mats, that all they want to do is kill him, pretty much. Is he, he manages to kind of get so far, he comes out, turns around, twists his knee. Whoa. At that moment, we were like, what's going to happen to Finley? Finley started, like, rubbing his knee as if it was, like, all people called Finley could feel the same pain. Uh, and that, I don't know if he could. And now, what's going to happen? Finley goes off. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? But, but Finley comes back for hang time, which he doesn't use his legs anyway. He just uses his arms, apart from when he has to fall to his... To the ground uh, and stuff. But what happens is we think he's not gonna make it. We think he's not gonna come through, but he makes it all the way to the eliminator, the vinyl event. He has his opponent's got a two and a half second head start in front of Finley, and we're like, no, this this can't happen. This is Finley. This is our bro. This is this, this needs to happen. But what happens is Finley, Finley, this two and a half seconds is nothing. He's flying through this eliminator, and he wins. He goes up the travelator, bursts through the paper, and it's fantastic. I like to think that in between the rounds, he's got a little tiny Mr. Miyagi uh, doing that kind of, you know, the whole kind of, Rubbing his hands, magic, kind of like let's fix his knee kind of stuff. But we love a good overcoming story, don't we? We love it. We love it in films. You know, I, my, I was going to talk about the Rocky films because, you know, cultural uh, and stuff. But we just love the fact that this... this this little guy, Finley, who taken on like these massive giant he was called giant, six foot five beast of a man uh, and stuff. And he, and he wins because we love an overcoming story. And overcoming is what we are looking at this week. What will this, um, this series is all about overcoming, or talking about how we can live as overcomers. You know, daily we see people, uh, overcomers, overcoming that which is trying to rob them of their thoughts or their thinking or, or their, uh, their life. And our heart behind the series Overcome is that we want to add into our character as people of influence church and people of, of faith and Christians are, that when people see us, they see us, you know, those people, are, they're overcomers. Those people, they live not with what they see, but they live as how God sees it. They live in an overcoming life. And I, that's what we're going to look at today. You know, in the Bible, there's loads of different Bible verses when it, when it says or speaks of the word overcoming or overcomers. You know, we, last week we gave you these prints. We've mentioned it already, but please, if you didn't get one, take one home. And 1 John verse 5 Uh, 1 John 5, 5 says this. Who is it that overcomes? Those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Just an incredible verse for you to take. Stick it somewhere where you're going to see it. Maybe it's on your mirror, on your fridge, by your front door before you leave every day. It's there. Who overcomes? Those who believe in Jesus. There's so many other scriptures. Romans 12, verse 21 says this. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. There's a word, verse for somebody right there. Someone needs to hear that. You know, don't, overcome, uh, don't be overcome by evil or what is bad, but overcome evil with good. I, um, I had the privilege to go and pray and speak over somebody on, on Friday, and the verse that really spoke to me uh, for their situation was in Philippines, where it says, whatever is good, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is good, think about such things. You know, I love this because it talks about when, how do you overcome evil? You can overcome evil with good. You overcome the bad. You overcome those thoughts by doing what is good. I've been getting into listening to podcasts, and the ones I've been listening to since Christmas because of a book I was given, is by um, a Radio 4 presenter called Dr. Michael Mosley. You know, Radio 4, I've reached that age um, and stuff. But he's created a book, and he does a series called One Thing, where he spends, he's he's a... a GP or an old doctor or an ex-doctor, and he spends his whole life just doing one thing, one thing each week. And he turns them into his radio show. He turns them into podcasts. He does stuff like uh, things that he's read that is meant to be good for you or, or vital things. He, taught, he did 15 minutes on the health benefits of walking backwards. It's brilliant. You use more doing this than you do doing that. And he says, if you're going to do it, go with someone else or go somewhere you know because you don't want to walk into oncoming traffic, that kind of stuff. The health benefits of a cup of tea. He does a whole 15 minutes of that. But what I listened to today was 15 minutes on being kind. I'm like, well, that's... That's simple, really, isn't it? But he went into the science of it. And he said, if you are kind, if you look for the good, and if you do the good, and if you random acts of kindness or see the good in people and note it or, or be good to other people, there is health benefits to the way that you think, to the way you feel, and it releases an intoxin in your body that helps with inflammation. Just by being kind. That's incredible. So how, that's, I don't know why I said that, but um, how do we overcome being uh, evil but by being good? We live as overcomers and the other one. 1 John, chapter 4, verse 4. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. So many incredible chapters about being an overcomer, how we can live as overcoming people. These speak to us in our lives. We should have them foundation as our faith. They speak to a strength that we have in God. And how God can be in us. But what about, what about when we're living with doubt? What about when we're living with unbelief? What if we've been praying to God for days, weeks, months, years, and it feels like God is distant? Where it feels like God isn't there. Or God is not answering those prayers. How do we live as overcomers at that point? And that's why I want to root myself today. 14th day of January, second Sunday, and we're going deep. But that's why I want us to look at today. How do we become overcomers when it feels like all I have is doubt and uncertainty in my life? If you're making notes today or if you want a title for my message, it's simply two words. Help me. Help me. Let's pray and then we'll get into the rest of my message. God, I pray now, just in these moments we have together, that you will help us. Open up our hearts, open up our minds, Lord God, to know that through you we can be overcomers. That through you, Lord God, we can have doubt, but at the same time that you can be there in faith as well, Lord Jesus. So I pray now, Lord God, open our hearts, open our minds, open our spirit to what you want to say and do. Amen. The text I want to look at today is from Mark 9. Mark 9, and I just want to glean some things that, that, ha- that happens in this scripture. It's, this is what it says from verse 14. It should come up on screen. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with him about? He asked. Arguing with them about, he asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him into the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Now, I think Jesus' response is kind of harsh. Do you know, I think it's like, oh, you unbelieving generation. Just bring the boy here. I'll deal with it. Fair enough. Uh, and that, but then verse 20. So, he, so they brought him. And when the uh, spirit saw Jesus, he immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus answered the boy's father. How long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered, it has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, but if you can do anything, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If I can, Jesus said, everything is possible for he, everything is possible for the one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said. I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed violently, and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up to his feet, and he stood up. After Jesus had gone inside, the disciples asked him privately, Why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, This kind can come out only by prayer. Incredible verses. Thanks for sticking with me with that one. It was a bit long. But I just love it. In the different moments of those verses, we can glean something of what is happening. It's an incredible account of faith. It's an account of Jesus. It's got life lessons that we can learn from. You see, what we see at this moment is that Jesus is, is going about his ministry. Pe- people are getting healed, uh, and he's, he's going around, and he's bes- commissioned the disciples to do the same. And we do read that how they can heal, but at this moment, they're struggling. They're not able to do it. So Jesus comes in and goes, oh, do you believe? Do you believe he can be healed? And the Pharaoh says, I do believe. Just help me overcome my unbelief. Here we see that Jesus is Dealing with the Father, but healing the Son. And I reckon at the end of the account, both of them went away changed. Both of them went away healed. The man was dealing with this internal battle of belief and unbelief, of doubt and faith. In the middle of the verse or the chapter or the passage we've read, he speaks eight words. Eight words. Eight words that if we can just grasp, if we can take hold of, if they become our own prayer for this year, I believe believers we'll as overcomers. He says, help me. I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. And I just want to take what he says, and I want us to shift it and have a look at it and see, how does this affect me? How does this affect me for 2024 moving forward? The man's heart's on display, and it shows us steps that we can take to grow in our faith. And the first one, the first step that we see, the first thing we see that the, the Father does is his worship. Part one is, is worship. He states that he loves God. His first three words are, I do believe. There's faith there. There's worship there. I do believe in you, God. I do believe you are real. I do believe that you have the power to do it. He starts with worship. Now, the man's challenged by Jesus' exhortation of faith. He's urging, his encouragement to come and have faith. Jesus says, do you believe? Do you believe? Do you not believe? And the man says, I do believe. There's faith there. There's, 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 there's a trust there. I mean, the man does believe because otherwise he wouldn't have brought his son to Jesus in the first place. So there has to be a certain level of faith that says, God, I trust you. Or Jesus, I trust you that you can heal my son. But maybe because he's been like this since a boy, unbelief has now started to creep in. Because i found in life, or as I've been going and researching, I've realized that unbelief actually builds up like layers. It builds up like layers. As you trust for one thing or believe for another, and it just feels like it doesn't get answered or something happens or or something changes or what we think should happen doesn't happen because timing, God's timing and will is different to ours, it becomes like another layer of belief or unbelief, another layer of doubt, another layer of, unbelief and doubt. But at the foundation of it all, the man still has faith. He still has a trust. Because his first three words are, I do believe. So he does believe, just help me overcome my unbelief. And that's what we look at today is how do we have a foundation of faith in our lives? How is it when we, we have to have that next appointment or speak to that next person or that next issue arises when it feels like doubt and circumstance starts building up on up and up? How do we have that foundation of faith that says, no, God, you're in control. No, God, you've got this. How do we build? You know, very quickly, just a couple of things is where's our mindset at? when it comes to our foundation where's our thinking when when crisis hits where's our go to when our thoughts is like right okay this is happening sometimes it's oh no i can't cope with this and yet another thing what is happening or do we go into crisis mode we try and fix it by ourselves or is that moment of okay of stop okay god where are you in this god i need your help in this God, I do believe you've got this. God, I do believe you can do this. Where's our mindset? Where, where are our values? What's important to us? When it comes to a foundation, what is important? Where's our values? Where's our habits? How do we have a daily routine of, of a trust for God? What do we do that has a habit that can help us build a trust and a foundation in God? My habit, one of mine, is 10 to 6. That's not the time of gladiators. It's the time that I get up in the morning. Every morning, 10 to 6, 5:50 AM, my alarm goes up, and I then have at least an hour and a half to myself. And that's my time to pray, to worship, to have coffee, just to just to center myself and pray before the craziness awakes. That's my kids. Uh, and uh, before the world then starts chirping or the notification comes in, and, and that that's my habit. That's what I need to do for me to have a foundation of faith. Is I need that time, apart from Saturdays. There's a lion, so at least quarter past six. Um, and that. But what's our habits? Do we have a habit that helps us with our foundation of faith? What are our strengths? What are our strengths? If you are creative or if you are talented, or if, what are you good at? Allow that to be a formation in your foundation of faith. Like if you are creative, use that to be a foundation. If you are studious, use that. If you are a reader or if you are relational, let that be the foundation that will help you build a stronger faith. And the other one, just before we move on, is relationships. Get the right people around you. The right people around. There's going to help you through this time. There can be a foundation of a a brothers in arms, people that you know that you can text and go, "I need help." I just you just need to say the code word, and you know that they're praying for you. Uh, it's those people that you can get around. But we need to build a foundation of faith. His first thing was he worshipped. He knew God was real. He knew that Jesus could do it. How do we live as overcomers? First, do we allow there'd be a bedrock of faith. So the point one is worship. Secondly, from the man's five next words, help me, next words, help me with my unbelief. The second thing we see is weakness. We see his weakness. He admits that his faith is not as strong as it could be. He admits his weakness and he says, help me. Now there's a miracle in itself, isn't there? This is where I divide the room and I lose everyone. There was a man admitting that he needs help. It's true. It's, I can be quite stubborn. Uh, she didn't say anything. It's great. Uh, and stuff. Uh, I can quite stubborn. sometimes I don't need help. I, I can do this all by myself. I don't need it. But this man, he knew he needed help. He knew his, he, he set aside his pride to get to the point where he could come to Jesus and say, Help me, please God. It was in his weakness that he poured out his heart. Inside, there was this this battle raging between belief and unbelief that is constantly raging all the time, even in our lives. Because none of us are perfect. If you are, let me spend time with you. Um, and that, but there's a constant battle throughout history, throughout Christianity, there's always been the, the battle of belief and unbelief, of faith and doubt. We see it a couple of times in the New Testament. Look at Peter. He walked on water. He had the faith to say, God, I trust in you, or Jesus, I trust in you, to step out of the boat. He starts walking on water. There's his belief. But then he looks at the waves, looks at the weather, and then there's disbelief and he starts sinking. Both at the same time. Oh, look at Thomas, the disciple Thomas, doubting Thomas as sometimes he's called. He says that he has his unbelief that says, I will not trust Jesus until he comes back and I can put my my hands in his side and, and where the nails have been. Bit graphic. So he has the unbelief said that I'm not I won't believe until I see Jesus, but he still has enough belief to stick around with the disciples until Jesus comes back. Unbelief and belief, this kind of contradictory, is that the word? Yeah. Existence that's happening inside his life and our lives. The man's unbelief was not a rebellion against or a rejection of God's promise. It was just that he was human. It was just that, you know, I'm believing for this. And it was his son, son from birth, and of just uh, this demon possession, just this, this going through this boy's life. And every time, oh, God, please, 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 this unbelief started to grow. You know, embracing our belief doesn't undermine the strength of our faith. Embracing our doubt doesn't take away our faith that we do have. Because when our faith is strong, we can say to our doubt, okay, it's there, but I'm still trusting in God. God, I'm still putting you first. But if our belief is unchecked, if it's not looked at, if it's not dealt with, then unbelief can block the channels of faith. It can rob us of joy. And ultimately, if it's not dealt with, it could, it could just be devastating and destroy us. So when it comes to unbelief or when it comes to your life, what are you speaking? What do you speak about your life? Let's think about it a different way. Let's look at this picture of two plants. Now, these plants are the same plant, same atmosphere, same environment. They've come from the same, they're in the same uh, building with the same heat. They have the same sunlight, sunlight and water from the same soil. But one's withering and one's flourishing. Which one's different? Which, what's different about the one that's dying? Well, the, the scientific firm of IKEA ran an experiment. Well, all they got to do was, for this one that's dying, they got people just to come up and bully it. Just to say harm, harsh words. I don't like the color of your green. You're not as pretty as a rose, are you? That kind of stuff. And that, but the more it heard, the more it was spoken at, this is a plant. The more it started withering, the more it started not growing, the more vibrant. I don't know how much more the other plant, if you started saying good things to it, uh, and that, but just basically what I want to say is this speak on belief, and you'll grow unbelief. Speak faith, and you'll grow faith. What you sow is what will flourish. So maybe you just see the weakness. Maybe you just see the issue. Maybe you just see the disbelief over and over and over and over again. But God sees the truth. God sees the foundation. But if we speak faith, we'll grow in faith. And as we grow in faith, that's that will, what will flourish in our life. Speak unbelief, grow unbelief. Speak faith, grow faith. So we see worship. We see weakness. But what we see in the man, as my third point, is this. We see a willingness. We see a willingness for the man to change. He asked Jesus to change him. He says, God, oh Jesus, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. There's a willingness there to change. There's a willingness where he comes to, God, I need your help. I know I can't do it. I know there's unbelief. Now help me overcome my unbelief. He shows his willingness to change. He shows an acknowledgement and acknowledges that God is Lord or Jesus can. That his weakness, that he's got weakness and that when it comes to willingness to ask him for help. Are you willing to ask God for help today? Are you willing,ness knowing I've tried to do this, I've tried, I need the help, I've gone to everything, but there's just this unbelief, just this doubt, just this thing. That's when these words of the man become a prayer that we can pray daily. Help me overcome my unbelief, even if you haven't. It's just a good pray to prayer to pray, prayer, prayer to pray. Uh, Just help me overcome my own belief. So, how do we grow a willingness for God? How do we grow a willingness? Very quickly, you know. Recognize the need. Recognize that we need God. Recognize that there is issues happening. Don't just kind of bat them under away or put them in a cupboard with the rest of those bills you've got. Just recognize that God is God. Trust Him. Build trust. Trust in God. Take Him at His word. Trust what the Bible says through study, through reading his word. Plant yourself in his scriptures. Plant yourself in, 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 in the promises of who he is. Surround yourself with people. We talked about it already with relationships. Surround yourself with, with people that are going to spur on your faith. Like I said, your band of brothers or, I don't know, a group, group of women. Gang of sisters, there you go. I was going to say soul sisters, but I felt just... Dirty coming out of my mouth. Uh, and stuff. Uh, Just get yourself around a group of people that are going to encourage you and help you. Practice gratitude. Again, to the be kind and stuff. Practice g- gratitude. Be a willingness for God. Be open to God to move and set aside pride. Just different ways that we can grow in a willingness for God. But remember that developing a willingness for God is a gradual process. It doesn't happen overnight doesn't happen instantly. You know, it could mean with those things, it could be uh, a collection of two or three that we need to work on. It could be all of them, or it could just be some. But the most important is that bottom one, I feel. Prayer and reflection. Prayer and reflection. The reason why I read that entire chunk of scripture, not just those two verses in the middle, is because towards the end, We read that the disciples come to Jesus on that evening and they say this, why couldn't we drive it out? Why couldn't we drive it out? Jesus says, that kind can come out only by prayer. That kind can only come out by prayer. You know, the disciples had the power at hand Jesus had given uh, them the power to to cast out demons and do healings and, and, and incredible things. But at that moment, it wasn't the power that was needed. It was a humble prayer. It was a prayer that said, God, help me overcome my unbelief. Lord, help me. Power happens when we ask God to help my unbelief. Sometimes we think God will decrease our doubts. Sometimes when we pray, when we pray, God, take this away, we think, right, that'll be instant. It'll be issue, like pressing delete on, on a file on the computer or the backspace, and you see all your words kind of disappear. We want it gone straight away. But what the man prayed was, increase my faith. He didn't say, take away the doubt. He said, increase my faith. Help me overcome. Not take away it, help me overcome. Not for God to take it away, but to overcome. Because you see, our faith, like I said, maybe it's like layers of belief has, has, has come on top of our faith. But our faith is still there. We just need to know where to look. We just need to know where to look. See, I, I wear glasses because my eyesight isn't great, but I reckon my kids' eyesight is just as worse. When I ask them to go and get something, they can't find it. This week, literally, I was like, Finley, please go and find me your shoes. Okay, comes back a couple of, couple of minutes later after going upstairs, even though his shoes were downstairs, comes back with a comic, some Lego, and some uh, sunglasses. I was like, what are they for? I couldn't remember what you asked. Well, that's a different thing we we're dealing with with memory. But what he didn't realize was I'd asked him for his shoes and he walked over his shoes to get upstairs anyway. Sometimes when I can't find anything the urge in me wants to ring my mum. Because, you know, nothing is truly lost unless your mum can't find it. It's, it's true. But when it comes to our faith, when it comes to that trust in God, you just need to know where to look. It's there. It's inside for those who believe. who overcomes those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. It's there, it's inside us. We just need to know where to look. Maybe we need to spend some time just shifting through just life, sifting through the unbelief to try and find those little gold nuggets of faith again. But the man was willing. The man prayed the prayer of God, please, I do believe. Just help me with my unbelief. Where to look. I belief for us today is, As we come to the end of our service, as we move on, is when it comes to our faith, how do we live as overcomers when it feels like this? How do I overcome my unbelief? We need to look again. We need to know where to look and look again with fresh faith. Look again to where maybe God spoke to us last. Look again to maybe moments in our life where God was real and get hold of that again again. And cling to that again. Maybe you need to dig out some notepads that, are, that have been in the back of your cover when God spoke at RISE conference or the RISE conference before that. Or maybe there was a prophecy. My wife came home from uh, spending time with her family uh, the other way to a prophecy from 1999 and stuff. Just something to hold on to. Well, this is what God said. Allow that to be, the, to, be, to be the trust, to be the foundation, to be the catalyst that will get you to that next Season. You just need to know where to look. And the man said, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. The father, the man, was inviting Jesus into the, into the place of his greatest pain and of his greatest doubt. Do you have the same faith Today? Are we allowing Jesus into those parts of our hearts today? Just for a moment, we want to close your eyes. I want to pray for some people in this place. Those that may feel like the father of doubt, of, but I've been believing for so long. For the man, it was, my son is sick, and nothing seems to be changing. Help me to overcome my unbelief, help me to focus on you. I do believe, but let that belief outshine, overtake the unbelief that I'm facing. God, help us. Thank you, Lord God, that you are real. Thank you, Lord God, that you are alive and active in our lives. And God, we give you this moment. A moment for us to look again, deep inside, to look again, to, to know where to look, to revisit things of our life where we truly believe that you are in control. When we let that be the anchor that we need to move forward. For our faith to increase, for doubt to decrease, and for you to have your way, Lord God. Just as eyes are closed, I want to pray for anyone right now that feels like the Father. He feels like I've just got this doubt. This, this thing's happening and I've lost my trust. I've Yes, the man had trust, but I just feel like I can't see God in it. If that's you, that says, God, I need your help. Help me see you again. Help my faith to be prominent, to, to rise up again, because I've just been lost in a forest of unbelief. If actually you just as have your eyes closed, just want to raise your hand so I know who I can pray for. So I want to pray for today to be a, a, a restart of, of belief. Maybe you're a Christian, been Christian for loads of years, but it's just little things that start getting in. God, help me with my unbelief. God, I pray for there to be a, a, a rising faith, a rise in people overcoming because they have put their trust in you. I thank you, Lord God, that those who overcome are those who believe that Jesus is Lord. And I pray that will be true for all our lives, Lord God, as we move forward through worship, weakness, willingness, Lord God, you are there through it all. And you will bring about healing, you will bring about restoration, you will bring about your way in people's lives, Lord Jesus. And just one final time before I finish, if I want to create a moment for if anyone who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus. We've sung songs, we've spoke about Jesus, but we really believe here at Influence Church that Jesus died so that we could have life. That Easter, we celebrate his death and his resurrection resurrection because he loves us. If that's you today and says, God, I'm lost. God, I need you. God, I'm, I've tried to do it by myself. But today, I want to take a step of faith and says, God, I put my trust in you. If that's you again, just want to raise your hand in this place. And say, God, I want to put you first. listening to this podcast from influence church for any more information visit our website influencechurch.co.uk influence church empowering you to make a difference in your world for the kingdom of god